You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Before the episode today, we just want to direct your attention quickly to the show notes where you will find a Triviality Survey. Yep. Thanks, Ken. We are looking to make a couple little tweaks to the show, nothing major. We're still looking to deliver on all that content you love, but just hoping to get some feedback from the audience. So if you got a couple minutes you could spare for us, we'd be really appreciative. Thank you. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. For Ken to host, please press 2. Just added some more commas into the intro, just Mm. to see. Uh, How are you doing, Ken? Pretty good. Standing today. Stand, yeah, you are standing today. I should probably be, st- be standing as well for my neck, but um, I'm just already just feels better. I have more energy this way. Yeah, you're kind of shaking around a little bit like those inflatable guys at car dealerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're doing good. Jeff, how are you? Um, doing pretty well, Neil. I, I can't adopt the standing um, thing here because uh, I'll just wander away from the mic. That he will. You're like the both the Quentin Tarantino and the Narcos meme of the guy just kind of wandering and like looking at things. If you know what I'm talking That's about. pretty accurate. Is that fair? Yeah, uh, me uh, recently. I've uh, gotten into peaches. No one asked, but I'm I, glad. I did see a bowl of peaches on your yeah. on your counter. I've never had peaches before, and uh, I just started eating them like a couple weeks ago. Are you moving to the country though? Uh, well, it's it's very possible, um, especially if I'm going to be running for office. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we're doing okay here. Uh, Matt uh, is unfortunately not here. Uh, he's actually studying a new way to uh, get oil into cars. Um, he didn't think the way that they have now worked, so he's just gonna. I guess come up with a new funnel. I did. Sort. I did see him pouring olive oil on his hood. I think that's probably not a great idea. It's, you're right. I think there was a there was a guy uh, on the side of the road saying olive oil is good for your car, and I think he just Matt's very uh, susceptible to. But at least scams. it was a Fiat, so it was like Italian on Italian. I, I, that's an, another name of a movie that we both like. <laughs> um, but on that note, uh, let's uh, let's go to our special guest that we have here today. Our first guest uh, is going to be uh, a player today. He's going to be partnering with me, and we had a, a wonderful connection before we started recording here because it's a small world. Uh, but we'd love to introduce uh, Clinton Reese coming to us from Indianapolis. He's an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon. How are you, Clinton? Hey, Neil. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, uh, Clinton Reese coming to you from Indianapolis. I work for a uh, nonprofit healthcare provider, and happy to be on the show. 
Well, we're happy to have you here. And why don't you uh, tell the folks we, we found we had a little uh, mutual connection that was uh, a fun way to start the day. And um, and you can tell everyone what our team name is today. Yeah. Um, uh, it turned out that uh, I was on Facebook the other day and uh, your name showed up as people you may know. I was scrolling through and there were the usual suspects uh, from the trivia world, but then there was one name that jumped out at me with it turned out that you and one of these mutual friends went to high school together or uh did some dance stuff together and i went to college with her and so that is why because you went to iowa i went to purdue so we're the black and gold boys the black and gold boys hashtag black and gold boys so that's gonna be our team name today uh, it means Jeff and Ken are going to be a team. What, what do you want your team name to be, you said? We're going to be the Black and Blue Boys because we want to hear you say it. The Black and Gold Boys versus the Black and Blue Boys? That's right. All right. I'll, I'll get that alliteration at some point. But in order to play the game, we need a, a host, and we have a very special host with us today coming to us from the Twin Cities. Um, that means it's you know uh, two for the price of one uh, because the questions are going to be so good, and that is Hugh Gitlin. How are you, Hugh? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? It's really nice to be here today. Yeah, we we it's, uh, it's the it's the cloudy Twin Cities today. Oh, it is. The, yeah, it's the sunny yes. uh, Chicago suburbs, the cloudy Twin Cities. Um, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm an accountant and sometimes actor, sometimes comedian, sometimes storyteller, and I uh, just had some good news from last Tuesday. My sister got a kidney transplant, so um, when she listens to this, Rini, I'm here. I'm hosting the show, and. Uh, this is great that you're you're being able to do stuff that you couldn't do before. Wonderful. That's so nice to hear. And uh, yeah, our best wishes to her yeah. for her recovery. Yes. Yeah. Our best wishes to her for sure. And um, we're super excited to have you here, Hugh. Um, I know you've been along the um, Australian football journey of the, the Benchwarmers podcast, so all of us having watch parties and whatnot. And uh, it was great to hang out with you uh, the past few months watching footy games uh, on the way to the grand final. So it's, it was great, except for last weekend. That was yes, not exactly fun to the, watch. No, the prelim, prelim, preliminary final, the final four, uh, was not very entertaining. But uh, we're super excited uh, to have you here, Hugh, and it's been a, a long time coming. And uh, likewise with Clinton, happy to have you here as well. Um, so yeah, it's going to be the black and gold boys versus the black and blue boys. Um, but we need to hear the rules of the game. Uh, Hugh, you're the host. Uh, any preference on the rules read who, who you'd like to hear from? Yeah, I've been working on my Dutch lately. So, uh, Dutch boy, please. All right. Let's, uh, let's hear the Dutch rules read. De regels van het spel zijn simpel. 20 vragen verdeeld over twee rondes, waarbij elke vraag 10 punten waard is. Halverwege is er een speciale swingronde, ontworpen door de host van deze week. Na deze rondes beginnen de spelers aan de finale, met de punten die ze hebben verdiend. En hebben ze de mogelijkheid om 0 tot 30 punten in te zetten op 5 gecategoriseerde vragen. Aan het eind van het spel wordt iemand benoemd tot the cream of the crop. I am the cream! Thank you as always to Willem for yep. reading that for us. Thank you, Willem. Let's uh, jump right into the game, shall we? Okay, round one, question one. Minnesota. Minneapolis is first. St. Paul is second. But what is the third largest city by population in Minnesota? It's a good place to get sick. Neil, I can lock in. All right. 
All right, it's a good place to get sick. What do you think? I'm Hospital. Pretty, I'm pretty sure Medicine Hat, which is what you Medicine wrote down, Hat. is in Canada. I okay. think it's in Saskatchewan or Alberta. Okay. But the Got only other answer? Minnesota cities I can think of are like Duluth. But I think that's just a good trading company. Um, <laughs> Sponsored today by Duluth Trading <laughs> Company. <yeah. laughs> well, what do you want to go? You want to go Medicine Hat? I don't know. Okay, well, we'll go Medicine Hat. Okay, black and blue says medicine hat. Black and gold. Uh, it's a good place to get sick. The Mayo Clinic is in Rochester, <sighs> Minnesota. Yeah, I should. And that's the that's the flavor text I had. That's the home of the Mayo Clinic. Rochester is the correct answer. I wouldn't have known. Uh, qu- <laughs> nice job, Clinton. Thank question, you. <laughs> question two: The original American Rochester. Rochester is also the third largest city in New York. What company was founded in Rochester in 1906 as the Halloid Company? Duluth. Let's <laughs> go for it. Okay. We're, we, we'll lock in. We'll lock in. Okay, so they're locked in over here. Okay. What are you thinking, Neil? So I was just in Rochester, and I do remember... In I can't remember if it was in a museum or a storefront or something, um, some sort of um, office office supplies, um, you know, like oh this has been here. I'm saying this poorly, but there was office supplies um, that were really old, and they showed like the progression. I think of of the office supply or something. Um, so staples. <laughs> definitely not staples. Um, office Max. I, I I'm having a really serious brain fart here, Clinton. It's um. If you say it, I'll know, I'll know it. It's it's um, something you'd find in an office um, copy machine. I'm good with Xerox. I really That's am. it. That is Xerox. Yeah. Can we lock that in? Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Okay. We're what? locked in with Xerox. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know. It sounded like a metal alloy. So we just said U.S. steel. And it is Xerox. I, I, the original Rochester was kind of the clue in that one. Nice job, Neil. This guy just Helps happens when you to go have there. been in Rochester, New York in the last month. <laughs> That's true. That's the only reason I had any inkling on it. So, Question three. Three's a crowd. John Anderson ran for president as an independent in 1980. Without Anderson in the race, Jimmy Carter might have won three more states, including a state where Carter had over a 10% margin over Ronald Reagan. Name that state whose official name was cut in half in 2020. Neil, we can lock in. Okay, you're you're good to lock in. I trust you, so we'll lock in over here. What? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I think black it, and gold. I think it was Massachusetts, the right? Commonwealth of Massachusetts, so maybe just Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay, or something like that. We'll lock in Massachusetts. Okay, they've locked in with uh, black and blue. Is locked in with Massachusetts. Black and gold. What's your answer? Uh, Neil, this um. The, it was previously known as the Providence and Plantations of Rhode Island, and now it's just Rhode Island. And 10 more for black and gold. What is going it's, on uh, here? Rhode Island and the Providence Plantations. They cut off plantations after the George Floyd murder. Wow. Great poll, Clinton. Thank you. Number four, 13 to 14. Rhode Island became the 13th state in May of 1790. Ten months later, which state became the 14th? That's my guess. Does that sound okay? That's good. We will lock in. I want to say South Carolina for some reason. 
I mean, that's a better guess than I would have. I was just trying to see if there's maybe some clues in the questions. I mean, we've kind of crossed over Minnesota, New York, Massachusetts, and I don't know if there was a theme here, but um, I, that's fine with me if you want to go with it. All right. We're, we're going to lock in with South Carolina. Black and gold has South Carolina. And we Black just, and blue, we just threw a Kentucky out there. And it, in 1791, in March... They separated from New York. It is Vermont. Mm. Vermont oh, became the okay. 14th state. It was part of New York, and it became its own state in 1791. I didn't realize it was 15. Yeah, Kentucky. I didn't realize Vermont was part of New York. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, number five, oddly perfect. Speaking of 10, because 10 months later, on which apparatus did Nadia Comaneci score her first Perfect 10 in the 1976 Olympics. So I think we had this question in some form a little while back. And I, Neil, think... I think we can lock in. Okay. Okay. I think I know it too, but I, I trust you. you. Your gut has uh, been strong today. So let's, let's do it. Wasn't it um, the uneven bars? Because I think I remember saying like, it would be really hard to get a perfect score on, on uneven bars. So it's probably vault. It could be. And I it was know. bars. Okay. Um, I'll trust you. Neil, I I really think this is uneven bars as well. And both teams are correct. It was the uneven bars. Oh, great job. I was uh I was leaning towards vault, but I think that's because like Ken said, we had a similar sounding question and I I know I incorrectly said vault last time, so I'm glad that you were here to to catch my my fall. So Okay, after five questions, uh, it looks like uh, in homage to their name, the Black and Blue Boys, uh, they only have 10 points, so they're a little black and blue right now. Thank you, Jeff, for the joke. And uh, we have 40 points over here at Black and Gold Boys. So, How much did they pay you, Hugh? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> number, number six, humans only. In the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit, what was the name of the bar where Jessica Rabbit was a singer and the opening act were the two duck boys? Neil, we can lock in this one. I, I know it too, but I um, uh, hopefully, I, I trust you. You've been right so far, this so we're insane. good. This is insane what's happening right now. <laughs> the tune Black hole? Black and gold is locked in. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I've never seen the movie. The tune hole. Okay. I have no idea. Yeah, you had hey. a poster of Jessica Rabbit on your wall. Get out of here. I mean, you had you had weird videos of her. I mean, I'm sure right. you know it. All right. No, I don't. We're saying the tune hole. Uh, black and blue says the tune hole. Black and gold. Neil, this uh, I I saw this movie in the theater at six years old, and it still scars me for life. But the name of the club is the Ink Spot. Right, I I think you're close. I think it's the Ink and Paint Club. Is that ring a bell? Oh, 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 oh. Now I'm unsure right. though. I know it, there's ink in it, and I thought it was Ink and Paint Club, but it could be the Ink Spot. Now I'm a little unsure. Oh, I I like Ink and Paint Club actually. Okay, now that you mention it, do you want to go with yes. that? You think? Yes. Okay, go Ink and Paint Club. Okay, and the answer is the Ink and Paint Club. It's not. Thank it's not you, the Neil. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> the 
the old tune hole. I'm gonna kick you in the tune hole. I like I like that as a as a diss. Just it's not too vulgar, but because yeah. you don't know what is the tune hole. No yeah, one knows. Nobody knows. It's the hole that piggy, uh, Porky could be, Pig could be your nose. Yeah, is that the thing Porky Pig when he goes? That's yeah. all, folks. He goes yeah. into the tune hole. Into the tune hole. Yeah. That's, that, that's what I was thinking of. You know, number seven, still missing after 31 years. The Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum art theft in 1990 is the largest unsolved art theft. One of the pieces stolen was the concert by which artist? He's better known for a painting which has gone by many names, including Girl with a Turban and Head of a Young Girl before claiming its current name. So give me the name of the artist for 10 and uh, two bonus points for the name of the painting as, as it's known as now. Yeah. We're locked in. You know what that sounds like to me? Um, because it sounds like girl with the pearl earring because the headdress that she's wearing looks turban-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that Vermeer or Rembrandt? Yes. It's Vermeer, right? It's Vermeer, yes. Okay, so and okay. Hugh, just to correct you, you, we needed the name of the artist and then the name of the painting. Artist for town, yep. And the painting, yes. Okay, so let's go with so, Vermeer and the girl with the pearl earring is the official modern title. Yep, okay. I'm good with that. And black and blue. Thank you to our vigilant listeners who uh, reminded me that I was wrong about this painting the last time it came up. Pretty sure this is Vermeer. <laughs> right, Ken? Yep. And the girl with the pearl earring. Girl with the pearl earring. Both teams get their t- full points. It is uh, Vermeer and the girl with the pearl earring. Nice hit. Number well eight. Done, Neil. Yeah, to you too. Have, have all you guys seen uh, Paul's Vermeer, the documentary directed by Teller of Penn and Teller? No, I have I've not seen it. Oh, it's very fascinating. So, uh, just give you a quick breakdown, just for a quick second here. So, um, Paul's Vermeer, uh, they have a friend who's an artist uh, and like a builder and a scientist and whatnot. And he uh, sort of posited, like many artists of the of the time period of Vermeer's age, um, that possibly they use some sort of apparatus to help them get the um, the skin tone, the lighting, everything to to look as realistic as possible. Like it wasn't just from their head. They use something almost like a camera obscura. And so he sets out over like a year to build a an apparatus using lenses that they would have had at the time period to try and paint a Vermeer as good as Vermeer. Mm. And he gets very close. It's very good. I won't give anything away, but it's That's very cool. good. Yeah. My friend's daughter did a great reproduction of that painting in ninth grade. And now she's at Syracuse on scholarship in art. So wow. Oh, fantastic. She's a really good artist. Um, cool. Number eight. Who's number two? Pearl S. Buck was the first American woman to win the Nobel Prize in Literature. In 1993, who became the second? I mean, I was a fan you know, of I... the Animorphs as much as anybody, but I don't think it was Kay Applegate. <laughs> Neil, I think we can lock in. Okay. Black and gold has locked in. That could be. Um, I don't I don't really know the timeline with her, but I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. So uh, Ken and I are going to guess Maya Angelou. Okay, black and blue says Maya Angelou, black and gold. Uh, Neil, my thought was Toni Morrison, and she's the author of Beloved, right? Mm-hmm. That was that was my guess as well. Every time it's yep. Maya Angelou, we say Toni Morrison. Every time it's Toni Morrison, we say Maya Angelou. <laughs> we're locked and, in with we're locked in with Toni Morrison. And guess what? You're you've done it again, Ken and Jeff. <laughs> it is Toni Morrison. Oh God, it's a train wreck. <laughs> number nine singing with tony 
Last time Tony Bennett had a single on the Billboard Hot 100 is a duet of Body and Soul with which member of the 27 Club? Neil, I've got this. Awesome. I think I have an idea as well, but you've been on fire, so I, I have to trust you. You have the NBA Jam on fire hand right now, so. <laughs> He's on fire! fire! Black and gold has checked in, black and blue. So you're thinking maybe Janis Joplin? I'm thinking so. Of the members I know of the 27 Club, she's the first one that would fit the timeline. Who's Tony Bennett. Who I could, yeah. Still around, right? Yeah. What about Amy Winehouse? could have done one with amy winehouse she's, she's definitely a, she's a recent she's definitely in there the last time he hit the charts let's say amy winehouse okay because janice joplin would have been a long time ago i will let you uh call the audible here okay black and blue says amy winehouse black and gold oh ken you got there uh yes uh it's amy winehouse both teams are receiving the points. It is Amy Winehouse from uh, Duets 2, I think, was the album that was on. Yeah, she sorely Number missed uh, her talent, for oh, sure. Oh, God. That that smoky voice is just awesome. Mm-hmm. was just awesome, and I miss it. Number 10, I like wine. I don't remember ever seeing Liza Minnelli drinking it, but as of April of 2019, what was the best-selling variety of wine in the U.S.? Stupid. <laughs> you have it? Yeah. Reluctant? Oh. oh, I got it. I got it, Clinton. Um, <laughs> okay. okay black, so, and, black and blue is locked in. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure what Hugh was going for uh, was instead of a, uh, a Cabernet Sauvignon, he was going for a Cabaret Sauvignon uh, for the Lies Manelli connection. So we'll lock in with Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, we said Cabernet. <laughs> both, both teams are receiving the points. It is Cabernet Sauvignon. Hugh, I, I was at such a loss, and Not then it clicked. any f-ing Merlot. <laughs> I was like, is an Ostero a drink? I was like... Mm. I think I would have heard of that. I was all was worried because I'm not uh, it, anything close to it a take, It takes a simple mind to determine, to break down it, a simple clue. Yeah. It, it might have been Merlot until until Sideways came out. Yeah, exactly. Right. Then... Now, Hugh, you should uh, you should start a wine company called Cabaret Sauvignon and just pick up on all the musical <laughs> people. You'd make a lot of money. Now, oh, would, you, God, yeah. would you drink a wine that was personally crushed by Hugh's feet? That's my question. Um, you don't, I, I know feet. you don't want to insult our guest here, but you also hate I, feet. I do hate feet, yeah. Um, oh, wait, are this Hugh I, or Hugh Jackman? This Hugh. Oh. Um, no, if you, if I, you said I... have crushed wine. You have crushed wine before? Yes. Um, yes. I'll say this. Uh, he was a great guy uh, who I very much admire. Um, if I knew he crushed it with his feet and he offered to me, I would drink it. No, you wouldn't. Well, no. I, <laughs> He's such a liar. <laughs> If I if I saw Hugh do it though, if I saw Hugh crush it and then he offered it's it, I, I would politely decline. There's no way you're drinking that under any circumstances. <laughs> foot wine, nice try though. All right, what are our scores? Okay, after the first round, it looks like the black and blue boys are at 45 points, and uh, the black and gold boys of Iowa and Purdue only missed one question, uh, but made up five points on that bonus. So they're going to have 95 points. Is that correct or 85? 95. 95. This is an outrage. It is an outrage. So 95 to 45 after round one. Um, and Hugh, before we get to you for the swing round category, we just want to say thank you very much uh, to all of our patrons for helping us support the show. This is our second recording on brand new headphones that we were able to get uh, through your generosity. 
Uh, Jeff, why don't you just uh, say a little bit about Patreon and how much they've helped over the past few months? Yeah, the uh, support of our patrons is the reason that our show is able to uh, be as successful as it is. So thank you so much for literally directly contributing to the show's ability to run and sustain itself. And we do it for you, and we want to keep the show free for everyone. So um, it's really appreciated um, for those of you who can and do choose to support the show that you're you're helping us out because, um, you know, that's really great. Yeah, and uh, if you can just support the show by by listening and tell your, telling your friends, then that is uh, wonderful as well. We appreciate any sort of support listening uh, or on patreon so if you'd like to join uh, all of our wonderful patrons who are continually making the show better and, and helping us grow with our equipment and our reach you can go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast and hear a bunch of brand new content so hugh uh, what is our swing around category today we're excited it is movie uniform numbers Ooh. i will give you a number a character and the year the movie came out and you just give me the movie Number one, the number is 22. Character is Paul Crew, 1974. Number two, the number is seven. Character is Reggie Dunlop, 1977. Number three, the number is 16. The character is Joel Pendleton, 1978. Number four, the number is 42. The character is Scott Howard. 1985. Number five, the number is one. The character is Lucy Draper, 1991. Number six, the number is six. The character is Julie the Cat Gaffney, 1992. Number seven, the number is 20. The character is Billy Haywood, 1994. Number eight, The number is 34. The character is Jesus Shuttlesworth, 1998. Number nine, the number is four. The character is Odin James, 2001. And number 10, the number is 22. The character is Nate Scarborough, 2005. Okay, and just to confirm for the listeners, these are all movie uniforms uh, of sports characters in movies. Is that correct? Yes, it is. All right. Uh, We will be right back with our answers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. 
So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we are back uh, from the swing round. We have our answers in place and uh, really excited with this category. Got some sports movies. Uh, we haven't had that in a long time. And Hugh, I know you're a a uh, longtime guest and, and host on the Benchwarmers uh, Trivia Podcast. So I'm hoping that uh, we'll make you proud and make those those gents uh, proud with our answers here. So let's get those questions one more time, and we will give our answers. Okay, number one, the number is 22. The character is Paul Crew, 1974. So we thought this was uh, the longest yard. Yep, we also said the same thing, the longest yard. That's correct, longest yard. Second one, number seven, Reggie Dunlop, 1977. Just based on the year on this one, we said Slapshot. Yeah, and Ken uh, looked at me with uh, his uh, cool blue Paul Newman eyes, and we also said Slapshot. That's also correct. Slapshot is the right answer. Number three, number 16, Joel Pendleton, 1978. It's got to be the natural, right? No? No, sorry. (laughs) No. No. Uh, the Natural is number nine and Roy Hobbs. For but real? Neil, Neil had this right off the bat. Yep, and it's uh, Heaven Can Wait, Warren Beatty. Never heard of it. Warren, yep. Great movie. Really oh, I've never and, heard uh, of it. Charles Grodin, uh, Diane Cannon. Number four, 42, Scott Howard, 1985. It's got to be Hoosiers. <laughs> like don't the... laugh at me i'm not i'm not uh clinton uh, you know this one. Uh, yeah this is uh michael j fox teen wolf at least it was yeah. basketball you had the right sport you had the right sport it is teen wolf number five number one lucy draper uh 1991 it's definitely a league of their own that's a good guess, though. I, I got I to gotta give it to you, though. That's a good guess. All right. What is it? Neil got this, and once he said it, it instantly popped in my brain. Oh, yes. This is necessary roughness. The correct answer is necessary roughness. All right. Good job, guys. Number, number six is number six, Julie the Cat that Gaffney. Yeah, so we were debating between uh, D1 and D2, and we went with D2, the Mighty Ducks. Go international. Yeah, we we were going between Mighty Ducks uh, 2, D2, and, and the first one, but we just said, let's just go with the original. So we said the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, it, the 1992 was the original, 1994 was D2, but she was Julie the Cat Gaffney number six in both of those, so... I'm going to give both teams credit on that. Yeah, we're suffering anyway, so we'll take the points. Uh, Number seven is number 20, Billy Haywood, 1994. Varsity Blues? Uh, Unfortunately not. But (laughs) another another sports movie, though. You named a sports movie. I named uh, 10 sports movies. This was, this is one of my favorite baseball movies because it is your dream job to be 12 years old and be general manager of a major league team it's little big leagues you're gonna say angels in the outfield and it is (laughs) it is little big league 
Um, both number six and number seven were filmed in the Twin Cities. So just a little thing on that. Number eight, 34, Jesus Shuttlesworth, 1998. Inch by inch? No. <laughs> any no. given Sunday? <laughs> no, I'd be great. I mean, same era, though. It's like one year off. I think any given Sunday was 99, so you're right there. Uh, we went with uh, the Spike Lee, Denzel Washington classic, He Got Game. And the answer is, He Got Game. Number nine. The number is four. Odin James, 2001. Another Denzel Washington classic. Remember the Titans. Another sports movie, but an incorrect one, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, Neil had this off the bat. Uh, he told me uh, it's um, the basketball version of Othello. So we just said, oh. And the answer is, oh, which is the basketball version of Othello. And uh, even the character names, you could tell some of them. Yeah, Othello was, or Odin was uh, Mackay Pfeiffer. Great actor. And the Iago character was Josh Hartnett. Final one, number 10. The number is 22, Nate Scarborough, 2005. This is the second appearance of The Longest Yard, we think. This time by Adam Sandler. This is the one that gave us the most trouble um, because we weren't too sure, but then I noticed that number 22 was the first question and the last question, and uh, I knew Burt Reynolds was in both versions, the remake with Adam Sandler and the original, and uh, I knew it was around 2005, so we took a guess, and I'm glad you said it, but we went Longest Yard as well. And the answer is The Longest Yard, and coincidentally, Burt Reynolds wore number 22 at Florida State. Ah. So that's why he's number 22 in both the movies. Oh, wow. There you go. Nice okay. clue. Um, well, it looks like uh, the Black and Blue Boys picked up 20 points, uh, which, considering they were a little worried about this category, is, is a, a good job. They named all sports movies, so that's to be commended. Uh, and then the Black and Gold Boys picked up uh, 50 points. So it looks like the points going into round two are 145 to 65. We just talked about numbers, so let's talk about the book of numbers. In the book of numbers, who was the person who rebelled against Moses? It happened in the Sinai, not in Pakistan's largest city. All right, so we know Pakistan's largest city, and that's what we're going to go with as an answer. Because we don't know this part of the Bible. We skipped it. I went straight to Deuteronomy. The largest city in Pakistan, I, my thought is Karachi. That sounds um, familiar to me. I'm, I'm not terribly great at geography, as I'm sure the listeners know, but I recognize that name, which makes me think that it must be something fairly well known. Um, if you feel good about it, I'm totally good to get behind you on it. Okay, let's go with Karachi. Locked in. Well, black and gold is kicking us in the Karachi uh, during this game. So we are also saying Karachi. And the, you know what? I'm going to give you both of it because you got the hint was Karachi. The answer is Korach, which is close All enough. Right. And my sister is a Sunday school teacher, and she's the one that gave me that question to ask uh, personally. So number two, Moses supposes. In Singing in the Rain, who plays Lena Lamont? the silent film star whose voice was so shrill that she had to be dubbed by Kathy Selden, who was played by Debbie Reynolds. We have no idea, so we're going to lock in. 
Okay, so Clinton and I were having a little bit of trouble coming up with this. We knew that uh, she had a number in the movie with a, a pink dress and a big hat, um, and we were kind of going back and forth uh, because originally we thought it was Debbie Reynolds, but I believe it is, uh, I don't know her first name, but Hagen is the last name. That's what we're going to lock in with. Okay. Black and Gold has locked in with Hagen. Black and Blue. We have no idea, so I'm just going to name a woman with great accomplishments within Hollywood and without, and we said Hedy Lamar. It is Gene Hagen. Nice, Neil. Was, nice. Was Lena Lamont. And actually, she didn't sound like that at all. She had a nice, nice voice. So they did her dirty. Uh, they did. That's yeah, why the rain. That was what the rain was for, though, was to cleanse everything. Gotcha. Speaking of rain, number three. In what country is Mossenram the rainiest place on earth? Oh, I know this. Jeff would be proud of me because I've been watching. Uh, a ton of travel shows, uh, Travel Man with Richard Ayoade and uh, Paul Hollywood, City Bakes. Love Richard Ayoade. You'd love this show, but he was in this place and they had raincoats. Um, I'll tell you guys, it doesn't really matter. It'll help a little bit, but it, I know it's in Scandinavia, um, Clinton. Um, it's in one of those three countries. And I, I just have to think about it, but we'll let these guys think. That, that was my clue to you guys. The rainiest place is in Scandinavia? So I, I almost positive it's not Iceland because they didn't, they weren't rained down a ton. So I think it's either Denmark or um, Norway. I don't know what you want to go with. I would, I, I'd go with Norway. Norway? All right, I'm good with that. Okay, yeah. black and gold says Norway, black and blue. Yeah, just based on the, uh, the, the name Mossenram, we went with Iceland, but we don't know. Uh, it's in Central, South Asia, it is India. Oh, I'm way off. That. Really? It's, really it's, located, it's located in the Meghalaya state in India. It receives 46.73 inches of rain a year. Yikes. Hmm. Neil was trying to mislead us because he, he mentioned something about Scandinavia. Uh, I no. thought it wasn't. Uh, maybe I, I must be completely off, and I was, wasn't paying attention good enough then. My bad. Okay. Number four, India has a lot of people. Within five, how many cities in India have over one million people? I were locked in. What's your gut telling you, Clinton? Well, there's over a billion people in India. Uh, so cities with more than a million. Oh, mercy. Um, 85. Okay. Yeah, I go with that. I was thinking a little lower, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if India had that many with a million people. So I'm 85 is the year I was born. It sounds like it's lucky enough. Do you want to go with it? <laughs> yeah, let's let's go for All it. All right. Okay. Black and gold says 85. Black and blue. Going cool, with a nice round 50 here. And finally, there is a question where black and blue gets the points and black and gold doesn't. The answer is 46. Ah, shoot. All right. Uh, number five. A million used to be great attendance. What Major League Baseball team was the first to draw one million fans for a season? Hey, we're locked in. All right, Clinton. So, so my my thought process might be off, but I don't know how long ago this was. But initially, you would want to think it would be uh, maybe one of the teams that has been around the longest. They would have the fan base. So I, I, I immediately I go to like Chicago Cubs, uh, Boston Red Sox, or the Yankees. Yankees because of the population there and the fact that everyone kind of adores them there. But um, I don't know if that's too simple thinking though. I don't know what your what your gut is saying. Um, 
I was thinking, well, all right, million fans, and, well, they have 81 home games. Um, and I'm thinking it would be one of the expansion teams. So my thought was Colorado Rockies. Oh, that's really good logic. Yeah, they came into the league with the Diamondbacks. Um, first time they had a team in Colorado. Everyone's excited. And yeah, let's go with it. All right. Okay, black and gold says the Rockies. Black and blue. Yeah, we're just uh, based on the population and the uh, um, fanaticism of the, the base. We're saying the Yankees. And two in a row for black and blue. It is the New York Yankees in 1920, and it was 154 oh. games, so it was 72 games. You only had to average 13,889 fans per game to get a million. So it took 20 years of Major League ba- or 18 years of Major League Baseball for a team to draw that much per game, which was I thought think is amazing. Cool. But, so so we'll be there in about 80 years per episode then. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. After five questions in the second round, it looks like Team Black and Blue is at 95, just about to crack 100, and uh, Team Black and Gold is at 165. Number six, the 20s were roaring. Seven people, all belonging to whose gang, were killed on February 14th, 1929, in a garage in Lincoln Park? Um, we can lock in over here, Clint, and let them talk if you're... Okay, Black and Gold me. has locked yeah. in. I, I'm 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 good. So I don't think it's Capone's gang. Think it's Capone? I, th- I think it's John Dillinger. Wasn't he killed that day? No. All right, we can say Capone. That's a Valentine's Day massacre. Yeah, St. Valentine's Day massacre. That doesn't have to do with Dillinger. No. Maybe I'm screwing things up. Let's say Capone. Okay, black and blue says Capone. Let's not overthink it. Black and gold. Um. If you're okay with this, Clinton, uh, I believe it was uh, Bugs Moran, or his last name, yep. right? Bugs Moran? Okay, that would be our answer then. And 10 points for black and gold. It was Bugs Moran killed by Al Capone. Al Capone's okay. gang. Yeah. Dylan Jerry got killed in the 30s. Oh, okay. He was um, 34 in front of the uh, some theater in Chicago. There's yep, a, The biograph. Biograph, yeah, biograph. Yep, that's right. Um, there's a, a nice Italian restaurant, uh, in Lincoln park. And, uh, I went there once for Christmas, uh, with a couple friends and we, we went to Lincoln park zoo. They had free Christmas lights or whatever, but we're at the restaurant and, and there was a long wait cause it was a smaller restaurant. And I remember we walked across the street cause it was very cold. We were just trying to move. And, um, I was leaning up against something and it like hurt my back and I turn around and I was like, Oh, what's this? And it's just a plaque that says these men died here on Val- St. Valentine's Day massacre. I was like, Oh. Merry Christmas, you, I guess. You leaned on their, <laughs> on their plaque. I, I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, it was just hit me, hit me out to left field. Number seven. Other than that, how was the play? Another within, within one. How many people went on trail in 1865 for the assassination of Abraham Lincoln? Oh wow! How many people went on trial? Yeah, and they were all found guilty. Just say that. Conspirators. Right we're locked in. They're locked in. Black and blue's locked in. Well, there was Azerot, Surratt, Harvey Mudd, because he set Booth's leg. Um, I want to say five, Neil. 
Okay. Yeah, it's better than I have uh, with this history, so I'm fine with five. Okay, black and gold says five, black and blue. And we're saying four conspirators. And the correct answer is eight. Oh. Um, four, four of the main, the four main conspirators, uh, Surratt, Powell, Harold, and Azarat were sentenced to death by hanging. The three of the accomplices, Mud, Arnold, and O'Laughlin, were sentenced to life in prison. And um, Edwin Spangler, I think he was just hanging around one day, and he, but for hanging around, he got six years. Eesh. Okay. Okay. Number eight. No, not Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta famously played Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams. But who played Shoeless Joe in Eight Men Out? While it was his first role as an athlete, he would go on to play a hockey player turned figure skater four years later. Neil, we can lock in. I'm right there with Black. you, Clinton. Okay, black and gold is locked in. A hockey player turned figure skater. I have no idea. I don't know either. I can't. I know about a figure skater turned hockey player, but yeah. that was in D2 The Mighty Ducks. That was also in D2. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to say Paul Newman. Okay, black and blue says Paul Newman. Black and gold. Neil, you got this. Uh, yeah, we're going with uh, Sweeney, Mr. D.B. Sweeney from The Cutting Edge. And that is the movie where he played the hockey player turned figure skater with Moira Kelly. It is D.B. Sweeney. Never heard of him or the movie. So, Ken, uh, you're a film lover, mm -hmm. obviously, and one of the best screenwriters in Hollywood for the last 20, 30 years who comes in to do rewrites and, and whatnot is Tony Gilroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrote Michael Clayton, one of the best screenplays. Mm -hmm. I that was a movie he wrote. Oh, that was his first edge. first produced movie he wrote. Good to know. Cutting Edge, yeah. Okay, number nine, DBs or decibels are loud. At 140 decibels, what is the loudest land animal? J.K. Rowling probably used this animal's name in creating the magic letters in red envelopes. Mm -hmm. All right, we are going to lock in here. Okay, black and blue has locked in. Oh, Neil, uh, do you have any Harry Potter knowledge? Uh, very, very limited. Just more like what actors are in it, but I, I can't think of this reference, what these letters are. <sighs> He's still on Pottermore every day. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> 140 decibels. Um, I said land animal, I believe, right? What land yes. animal screams a lot? Land animal. I mean, I do. I was going to say cats. <laughs> It's <laughs> not when he. That's not even when he's getting into fights. It's mostly at night when I'm alone with my thoughts. Is a jackal? Is that a, that's a land animal? Is a jackal even it's an jackal. animal? Jackal. Okay. It's a jackal. Yeah. A jackal is an animal. Yes. Um. Uh. Jackal makes me think of hyena. Ah. I like that. Yeah, hyena sounds like a really pretentious font. So. <laughs> Uh, I like hyena. hyena. You want to go with that? Yeah, let's go Papyrus. with hyena. All and right. Black and blue. What do you say? So this was teamwork. Uh, Jeff said that the letters in Harry Potter were called howlers, and I went with howler monkey. Oh. And black and blue gets the points. It is the howler monkey. Okay. And thank you, my play testers, for giving me that to use the Harry Potter hint. So Very good. thank you. Now, Ken. Lee and uh, the playtesting crew. 
Oh, Louis, Louis de Rojas and all of our playtesting crew. Thank you so much. Uh, yes. Yeah. And if you're um, wanting to host a game or you're in schedule to host a game, make sure to reach out to all those great folks who will help you playtest your game. Uh, right on discord. There's a playtesting um, channel and uh, that's use it. I used it and thanks to them and my teammates also for uh, play to and my sister for playtesting with me. Now, Ken, um, are you familiar with the monkey? It's actually a Dutch monkey um, that gives monologues in the rain. Have you ever heard of that really loud? Just give me the punchline. <laughs> the Hauer monkey, the Rutger Hauer monkey. Oh. <laughs> that might be your worst joke to date. I've heard bad jokes you people wouldn't believe. I think the joke stings so much because of the score right now. If we were losing, it would be pretty funny, I think. All right, let's, let's wrap this. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Question 10. Okay, number 10, fun on the playground. In 1920, lawyer Sebastian Hinton in Chicago invented and patented what contraption popular with kids in public parks? They like hanging around it. Okay, we're locked in. Is this the spot in the corner where they sell cigarettes? Uh, 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 hanging around, I would think Jungle Jim. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. I don't know if he wants anything more specific, like monkey bars, because the last clue is monkey, but Jungle Jim seems the best answer for this to kind of uh, an all-encompassing answer. Is that what that book was about? The Jungle in Chicago? (laughs) It was just about the other creation of Jungle Jims. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with Jungle Jim. All right. We did go with monkey bars. Okay, I'll accept both answers. Monkey bars or Jungle Jim. At the end of regulation, it looks like the black and blue boys are at 115 points, and uh, nearly ahead of them with 195 points are the black and gold boys. We're not the black and gold boys, are we? Yeah. Okay. So we're both yeah. boys. But don't, but don't pretend that that is close, please. Did I say narrowly? Don't, don't give me hope. Oh, I, you know what it is? I'm in a fugue state because when I do the score recaps, usually they're narrow. And yeah. I think not just today. My, not today. Not today. So 195 to 115. Uh, what are our categories for the final round, Hugh? Okay, the categories for the final round are Ken, Matt, Neil, Jeff, and Triviality. All right, so the wagers are now in. Uh, The black and gold are doing 20s all the way down. And since that's the case, instead of doing a nice even 23 all the way down uh, to use up all of our points, we're going to go zero and hope you guys uh, accidentally uh, explode yourselves. Okay. We shall see. Number one, Ken. Barbie's last name is Roberts. What is Ken, the doll, not the triviality host? Last name. That's hard. Glad we said zero. Number two, in the comics, movies, and TVs, Daredevil, who was Matt Murdock's best friend and partner? He is played by John Favreau and Eldon Henson. Number three, Neil. What Big Ten college did Neil Armstrong attend? Number four, Jeff, before hosting Survivor, what game show that lasted 29 episodes did Jeff Probst host? And triviality. Trivia comes from the Latin word trivia, T-R-I-V-I-A-E. What is the literal meaning of the word trivia? Well... There's there's a couple hard ones in there, but uh, I don't think it's going to be enough for us, Jeff, but we will see what happens. We'll be back. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. 
I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places. Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan. But nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, all the answers are now locked in. So let's uh, let's see if they've uh, destroyed themselves. I don't think so, though. Okay, number one, Ken. Barbie's last name is Roberts. What is Ken, the doll, not the Triviality host's last name? This one's really, really easy, guys. It's uh, Cumberbatch. Wow. It's not. Oh. <laughs> that was your guess? Yeah, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Uh, zero you, points. It's you Roberts. Knew he took Brit, or, uh, Barbie's last name. He should have, yeah. Uh, she has all the money. Uh, Clinton. They're um, just friends, guys. You knew this one for sure. I really, for for whatever reason, it really drilled into my brain that his last name is Masters. And neither team is right. It is Carson. Oh. And Carson. It's not Cumberbatch. <laughs> you were closer with Cumberbatch. But no, it's Carson. Matt, in the comics, movies, and on TV's Daredevil, who is Matt Murdock's best friend and partner? He's played by John Favreau and Eldon Henson. This one is uh, Foggy Nelson. Yeah, we had trouble with this one because I knew it ended in a Y, and I knew it sounded like very old school, like 1950s. And we we said like, is it Bugsy or something or Wally? So Wally is what we ended up with. And the correct answer is Franklin Percy. Foggy Nelson. So there would have been points for black and blue if they wagered any but points. We're cowards. <laughs> so far, the cowards win. Number looks three. Good. Mm-hmm. Number three. Neil. What Big Ten college did Neil Armstrong attend? We said Roadhouse University. <laughs> and uh, Clinton, I think you, you knew this one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a building named after him. Uh, and my alma mater, Purdue. And you know, I didn't know Clinton was going beyond. I didn't know we we're going to have a Purdue University alum. Yeah, on yeah, whatever you question. say, bud. No, we it we know they Purdue. You. It is Purdue. Number four, Jeff. Before hosting Survivor, what game show that lasted twenty nine episodes did Jeff Probst host? He said uh, Russian Roulette on CBS. Uh, Clinton, you said the name of this, and I didn't even know it existed, and it sounds awesome, so I'll let you take it. And it it definitely was a thing. This is Rock and Roll Jeopardy. 
VH1's Rock and Roll Jeopardy is the correct answer. Ran out of questions. 29 episodes. <laughs> you can only have so many Def Leppard questions. Yeah. No, after 29 <laughs> episodes, they just cut it off and interrupt it with pop-up video. <laughs> and last but not least, triviality. Trivia comes from the Latin word triviae. What is the literal meaning of the word trivia? Said three roads. And Clinton, I had no idea in this one, but it was fascinating. So you can take it again. I said three way. And it is three roads. And I don't know if I could take three way. It's not that so. kind of three way. Yeah, I think it's a different kind. Yeah. Of but uh, either way, uh, yeah, either way, I think you guys are fine. So three roads and it came to mean appropriate to street corners, commonplace, or vulgar. And the, the vulgarity is the commonplaceness, which is became trivia mm. of nonsense. And that's kind of stuff. Great clue, though. That is it for the game. It looks like uh, Team Black and Blue uh, are still alive, a little black and blue. They're at 115. And today's cream of the crop, the black and uh-huh. gold. But wait. There's one adjustment to the score. Uh-oh. What is it? Because uh, Julie the Cat Gaffney debuted in D2. Ah, but she... Not in, not in the first Ooh. Mighty Ducks. Therefore, ah. you get five less points, making us... Okay. No. Still you, the cream of the crop. With how many points? With 170. Good job. You're the cream of the crop. Thank you, guys. You can't stop the cream of the crop, Dutch boy. Thank you. That was my error on the Mighty Ducks. No, I think, no, quite sorry about I think that. the error was, I, I, I guess she was in D2 and D3, just not D1. So she's in two movies, ah, just not the okay. first two. Ah. Um, yep. But uh, Clinton, um, thank you so much for being a, a partner today. I felt we were on a mind meld together, and uh, we, we played so well together. So I appreciate you uh, being my partner. Yeah. Uh, we had this Vulcan mind meld going on. Yeah. It was great. Thank you very much. Of course. Uh, anyone you'd like to shout out? Any, uh, you know, the, the the stage is yours. Feel free to say hello to anyone uh, before we let you go today. Oh, I'd like to give a shout out to my online trivia team. Uh, no better social distancing. They all know who they are, and they all listen to the show. So, and we know who they are, too. Yeah, we love them. We, all, we know yep. who they are as well. Yep. Uh, shout out to all of them and so i'd just like to say thanks for having me and this was a blast i had a lot of fun yeah thank you yeah thank you and and we'll have to reunite black and gold another time uh to uh, keep playing trivia together so thank you very much for joining us today uh and hugh uh you put together a wonderful game we've been talking for a long time watching footy together uh, getting you geared up to come on to the show and and uh, join us and it was so much fun to have you here today um Anything you'd like to say? I didn't care for it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. Um, uh, Number one, uh, sign your donor card when you renew your license. Uh, The gift of life is a great thing to have. And when you sign your card, make sure you let people know that you did it. Put it in all your health directives and things like that so people know that you're a donor. Um, Shout out to Louie and the guys that were on last night on the – on the play testing last night uh, and my trivia team, the Aardvarks, because um, the team name came because they used to list the names in alphabetical order before they were sorted. So we could see our name at the top before we... Uh, Aaron A. Aaron. <laughs> so we became the Aardvarks. Uh, maybe this um, is a rest in peace, and, Arthur kind of a deal with oh, the series yeah, coming to an end. Nah. 
I know we were very sad when they announced it. Um, and, uh, just thanks for having me. It was great. I'd make a prediction, but it's, this is airing after the grand final. I think it, it's, uh, two weeks from today all the way. And, uh, (laughs) they're out of it now. No, they're in. (laughs) You think they're out, but they're still, uh, but I, I, I have my pick in mind, and I don't want to sell, sound stupid, so I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's that's a good good way to go uh, to look at it. There, it's going to be Swans either way. Yeah, Ken's... double disqualification, Swans third place. They're always the winners to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you very much, Clinton. Thank you very much, Hugh. We had a, a wonderful time today. It was a blast. Uh, and Matt, uh, hopefully you figured out a way to put olive oil into cars. Um, don't do that at home, though. Yeah, don't follow Matt's instructions. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you to to Matt, to Clinton, to Hugh, to Jeff and Kenan here, who, um, despite losing, have a great attitude and are still smiling. Uh, I appreciate your friendship um, till the ends of time. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> what a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> that was triviality. For eagle-eyed viewers of Teen Wolf, uh, just be careful watching uh, the last few frames of the movie in the stands after the after the basketball game. Just be careful what you see there. Really? Yeah, there's there's a, a little flashing scene, if you know what I mean. You're catch kidding. my grift. And they didn't catch it apparently in the quality control portion of that movie. So, I think there was so much there was so much fur and hair to wade through with the werewolf that they, <laughs> they just, just didn't, missed. They just missed it. They just missed a spot. <laughs> so what happened? It was just the unruly extra. He, he, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but basically he just like unzipped and just like, Hey everybody, I'm an extra. And something extra came out. Okay. Yeah. Teen Wolf rated X.